How many people, by show of hands, have you've said something and you didn't quite think it through? <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the married men at least are raising their hands. <laughs> Dear God, another Amazon package? You didn't think that through, did you, sir? You didn't think that through. Um, it, we all do that. We all say things that we don't quite think through. Um, and uh, for example, for example, if you are brand new, like let's say you've moved to South Carolina in the past uh, five years, raise your hand. If you've just recently, okay, wow, there's, there was a lot of people in the last service too. Okay, great. You need to understand that Southerners, we have our own way, form of communication, and we say things sometimes that you don't understand. And, and, and it's not your fault. Nobody explained this to you. Let me give you an example. Let's say you go out to, to lunch today with a friend after church and, and y'all have some barbecue somewhere. Y'all just go get barbecue, which is always a good time to eat barbecue. So you just go and you have a great meal and you look at your friend and you go, that was amazing. Best barbecue I ever had. A, a Southerner will look at you and go, I'll tell you what. <laughs> They're not actually going to tell you anything. <laughs> but we, as Southerners, we, we say this and we don't think through it. I tell you what, what that, that's our way of saying, golly gee, you're right. That's, that, we do that as Southerners. You've heard this, right? Okay, this next one gets a little bit better. I was in a leadership setting one time and we were sitting around talking and one guy said, hey man, um, I, mm, and then he said this phrase, and I don't know if you've ever heard this phrase. This is fascinating. I don't want to blow smoke up your butt. <laughs> Somebody said that to me and I, I stopped. I went, good. Because <laughs> I don't think I want you to do that. <laughs> Have you ever done that to anybody before? Did, like what? Oh my, but what we say this sometimes when we're, we're talking, you know, I don't want to blow smoke up your butt, but you do a great job. Okay, well, you, that, that metaphor needs to go because it's awful. Now, this next one is something that, that we're all going to be tempted to say if we haven't already said it before. And here's what's dangerous about it. It's, it's kind of true. It's kind of true. And it's, it's this one right here. I don't need church to worship Jesus. I mean, it's kind of true. Like I've had some incredible worship moments in my car. Have you? You got, you got your music cut up and you're at the red light and the song hits you and you're crying, you're snotting and, and then you start singing with it. Now, can't you sing in your car? You are the best singer in the world. You, you're like, I'm going on America's Got Talent because I can crush this. I, I've had worship moments um, like on the beach, you see a sunrise or, and some people are like, I had a worship moment and a hike and, and I did at the beginning of a hike, but by the end of the hike, I'm asking God to take, the, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Take me from this place, right? Now, this is kind of true. I don't, I don't need church to worship Jesus because I've had some incredible moments with Jesus that haven't been in a church building. But, but we all need church if we're going to maximize our relationship with Jesus. Pastor P, are you telling me I can't maximize my relationship with Jesus without church? Oh, no, I would never tell you that. Jesus just said it all through the New Testament. And the reason I'm saying that is because some of you are like, but we're here. Why is he talking to us? Well, the reason I'm saying it is because at some point, you're going to be tempted to walk away. 
In fact, some of you did walk away and this is your, you know, second chance. Like you're giving church a second chance, which is great. So something's gonna offend you, something's gonna hurt you, someone is gonna hurt you. And I just want you to understand the importance of, of church and, and really kind of like the vision of what I want our church to continue to become. And I'm gonna show you this in a passage of scripture out of the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is in the um, Old Testament. Uh, Isaiah was long-winded, he's 66 books, so we think he was Baptist, um, but there's, he's long-winded. And, but this story, if you're from a church background, you've probably heard this story talked about before, but I'm gonna show you some things in this story that I've never seen in my life, and it's fascinating. Here we go, Isaiah chapter six, verse one. This is what he tells us. It was the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. Now, this is huge. Let me explain a couple things before we move on. Uzziah or Uzziah had been king of Israel for 52 years. That's longer than I've been alive. I've been wanting to say that all week. There's not many things I can say that about anymore, but. Can you imagine somebody ruling? Because in our political system, every two or four or six years, you can vote somebody out. But back in, back in this time period, if you were a king, the only way you went out of office is if you died or somebody assassinated you. And Uzziah had been king for 52 years. And he started off good and it wound up bad and he, he died of leprosy. Um, but long story short, There was so much political and moral uncertainty going on in Israel after the king died. And by the way, the king died of a contagious disease. So there was a lot of concern in Israel about political uncertainty, moral uncertainty, and how bad was this infectious contagious disease. Isn't it funny how the world has changed so much over the past 2,500 years? Here's the thing I wanna point out. Even with political and moral uncertainty, Isaiah went to church. And and instead of saying, I'm walking out on God, he said, no, no, if if I've ever needed to hear from God, I need to hear from him now. Now, we're, we're facing political and like politics right now, dear God, I don't care which side of the aisle you're on. You've got to agree that both sides of the aisle have completely lost their freaking minds in some area, right? Like nobody's talking to each other. Like nobody's talking to each other. They're yelling at each other. They're screaming at each other. And the average age of all of our politicians is 428. Like, can we get a young person to run for something, anything, right? There's political uncertainty. There's moral uncertainty. Pastor P, give me an example of moral uncertainty. I don't know. Maybe when someone can't answer the question, what is a woman? I'm not trying to pick a fight. I'm just telling you, the great theological movie, Kindergarten Cop answered that movie, right? Or answered that question. There's so much political uncertainty, there's moral uncertainty, there's people fighting about this and there's people fighting about that and people are leaving the church in droves. 
We're walking away. By the way, is it a coincidence that in our nation, anxiety, depression, um, all these things are increasing and church attendance is decreasing? The enemy's pulling us out of the house of God because listen, he, it's kind of like the prodigal son. As long as the prodigal son stayed with the father, he was okay. I can almost see the devil going, come on out of the house. Come on out of the house. If I can just get you out of the house. If I can just get you out of the house. I can, because we, we say it here often, the first step away from God is a step away from the people of God. Would you agree? It, there's, we, we need moral clarity. We, we need spiritual clarity. And if we pay attention to, listen, everything in the world is designed to A, make you feel inadequate. Every commercial that you see tells you your life sucks. If you had our product, it would be better. Or letter B, everything's designed to freak you. Do you remember, you remember during COVID? You remember during COVID when we were sitting in our houses and every channel that you saw had the death count at the bottom hand of the right. You remember that? Remember that? Even Nickelodeon. I'm like, I need to watch something that Nickelodeon. Had. I'm just kidding. I didn't watch Nickelodeon, but everything had the, and then they came back and said, well, that probably wasn't accurate. Duh. But at the end of the day, everything outside these doors is designed to make you worry, stress out and freak out. And Isaiah was having one of those moments. Then he said, I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go to church. So he gets, he gets to church and he, he, the Bible says this. He said, it was the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With, with two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. I think we can all agree on something here. Isaiah did not expect to see that. He showed up at church just like many of us show up, looking for some information. God, I would, I would love to just be informed on what you think you're doing and how we can fix this mess. God, I would love to be informed on how you can fix my husband. He's a mess, you know it. Look at him right here. God's like, you married him. I like that's, but a lot of times we come to the church looking for information and information is not a bad thing. But sometimes when we come only looking for information, we can, get in, we can get in some trouble. Like for example, when I talk through the series, Are We Living in End Times? Some of y'all remember that? It's just a couple months ago. Y'all remember that? Did, did y'all notice I didn't even touch the book of Revelation? Didn't even go there. Because we had some people going, I just want to know what the mark of the beast is. I think I know it's going to be a barcode in our forehead. No, it's not. That'd be weird. You go to Target and trying to check out and you're like, ding, ding, ding. Oh crap, you got a pack of gum. Ding, then like, not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. I saw a movie. Okay, I'm glad you saw the movie. Please don't share it with me. I heard a guy say years ago in regards to people in the church that we are educated way beyond our level of obedience. It's not, it's not information that changes people. It's revelation. So Isaiah walks into the church expecting information and what he winds up, what he winds up experiencing is revelation because he sees God in a way that he's never seen him before. And at the end of the day, 
what I want for people who walk in the doors of this place is I want you to see God in a way that you've never seen him before. I want you to experience him in ways that you've never experienced him before because at the end of the day with a world that's falling apart, I don't need any more information. I need revelation, not on what's happening in the world, but on who God is. Because if I see who God is, what's happening in the world becomes small and God becomes big. And that's when my stress level and my worry and my anxiety can start decreasing. Now it gets, it gets better because watch this, this is great. It's great, the, the angels start talking. They were calling out to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations and the entire building was filled with smoke. Probably the angels vaping, (laughs) vaping angels. (laughs) Um, I grew up in a house that listened to country music. Mom and dad listened to country music. I didn't get to hear anything but country music. A movie came out in the late 70s called Coal Miner's Daughter. It was about Loretta Lynn. I can sing the entire soundtrack. I was born a coal miner's daughter. I mean, I could, but the problem with that is when I went to school, none of my friends listened to country music. So I could not relate to them. So I'm over here, here in country, and I'm over here with my friends and they're like, man, did you hear that new song? And I'm like, I don't even know. But then, but then, but then, but then I went somewhere that changed everything for my life. Went to the skate rink. <laughs> and at the skating rink, I didn't hear country music. I heard songs like this right here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that changed my life. I was able to have conversations about songs that I heard at the skating rink. It changed my life because I went to a different place. One of the things I want for our church is I want for this to be a place where we can show up and we can actually hear the voice of God speak to us right where we are. That's what happens right here. Watch this. He said, they were calling out to each other, holy, holy, holy. Let me pause real quick. That's the only word in the entire Bible that's repeated three times in a row. You never see grace, 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 love, 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 mercy, 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 but we do see holy, holy, holy. Now here's what's fascinating about that. That phrase right there, holy, 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 only appears twice in scripture. This is the first time it appears. The second time it appears is in the book of Revelation. It appears as the angels are gathered around the throne worshiping Jesus and they're saying, holy, holy, holy. So what Isaiah is happening, what what he's experiencing in church is a snapshot of heaven. He's not only seeing God in ways he's never seen him before, but he's hearing things he's never heard before. And at the end of the day, that's what I want for our churches, for us to be able to walk into these buildings and hear God speak to us. And with not just information, revelation. Revelation is what changes our lives. 
Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven army. The whole earth is filled with his glory. In other words, I know the world seems to be going crazy, but we've got a God who still holds the whole world in his hands and, and everything starts shaking. And, and th this right here is going to change Isaiah. Just like when we, listen, when we hear God's word, when we truly receive revelation, it changes who we are. We can't stay the same. For example, when we moved out of the liquor store and came down here, I'm just, that's what I just call it. It's what it is. I drove by there the other day just to make sure. I didn't go in. I didn't go in. I went, I went, I just went in for a minute. I didn't stay long. Okay, I'm just saying. So when we moved to this building, God, I, I really thought we were following God's will. I really, I, in my prayer times, and I would pray and I would ask things and and so we got this place and we built it out. Opening weekend, we were packed. And I knew we were going to be packed because it was opening weekend. And then we timed it this way. The next weekend was Easter. And everybody comes to church on Easter whether they need it or not. So, so we were packed on Easter. And then that third Sunday, it was like I walked out to preach at the first service. And there was like 22 people in the room is what it felt like. And I was like, okay, God, did, did we miss it? And in the second service, there was like 27. I was like, okay, God, this, wow, did, did we miss it? And so all week long, I'm, I'm kind of stressing about it. Like, God, I, I thought that like we're supposed to go from there and come to here, and, and, and I, I wasn't sure what was happening. So I walked out to preaching, and the, the room wasn't that full the next week either. And God, God spoke to me. This was revelation, because I don't come up with this stuff on my own. God reminded me of, ver of a verse he had shared with me that week as I was reading my Bible. And God just said, God said, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. And I thought, where am I going to eat lunch today? But in this, God was, God was speaking and saying, you made the right choice. And I was like, mm, did I miss it? But just to give you a, over the past few weeks, we've been at max capacity nearly in both services, and we're talking about adding a, a third service um, on Sunday evening so we can like handle the people that are coming in. We've got more and more new people. God, God, another, what I'm trying to tell you is when God speaks, he's going to get it right. So, so he sees this. I mean, first of all, you walk in, you sit down, lights go out, six-winged creature come out, starts flying all over the place, has your attention. Am I correct? Watch what happens. He said, it's all over. <laughs> you have any friends like that? It's all, I am doomed for I am a man and I have filthy lips. For I'm a sinful man, I have filthy lips. And when I read this, I went, but you're a prophet and you got filthy lips. If you're a prophet, what? Anyway, um, we'll get back to the lips thing in a second. I live among a people. I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of Heaven's armies. And let's walk through this and just kind of say, let's say, let's pretend that this afternoon you're going to go for a drive, and it's going. It's a not crowded road, and you're in your car, or for some of you, maybe you're in a friend's car because your car won't do what I'm about to say, and you decide, I'm gonna drive fast, and you put upbeat music on the radio. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll put an upbeat song on the radio, and I will not pay attention to how fast I'm driving. Has this ever happened to you? 
And let's say you are not paying attention, you are listening to this song, you are into it, you are driving, and all of a sudden you, you, you hear a siren. <laughs> and you look in your rearview mirror and you see blue lights. What runs through your mind? Oh, I'm going to tell you what's going to run through your mind. That's going to run through your mind. <laughs> I don't care how Christian you are. I don't care how many halo. I don't care you got your wings and your halo and everything. That's what's running through your mind, right? That's what happened to Isaiah. When, because, because if the cop's pulling you over, none of you think, oh my gosh, he must want to give me the perfect driver award. He must want to give me a gift card because I'm such a great driver. No, anytime we see any sort of authority, I don't know about you, I tend to freak out. And that's what happened when Isaiah got a glimpse of God. He didn't say, I'm glad you're here. You got some que I got some questions for you about politics. I got some, no, no, no. He said, woe is me. He said, I, I'm a sinful man. Notice this, confession. Isaiah didn't say, I read my Bible this week every day. I memorized the verse of scripture and, and I, he didn't start bragging about Isaiah, the prophet said, I'm a sinful man. See when, we see, when we see God like we've never seen him and we start to hear him like we never heard him, we feel the freedom to actually tell him the truth. I want this to be a church where we tell God the truth. I'm struggling with some things. No, you're not struggling with some things. You're taking too many pills. Big difference. And I was scratching my head going, I got filthy lips. I was like, so do I. It's bad. Chance, my dog, Chance is three. The first year of his life, he thought his name was Dammit. <laughs> Don't judge me because that was my dog. Some of you, that's your kids. They didn't know what their name was. They thought their name was Dammit growing up. I'm a Christian, I don't cuss. I know you, you, you don't cuss, but you have cursed other people that you don't think are, who are good as you. So, I mean, that's, we can, that's different message, different time. I have filthy lips. I have filthy lips. He's, he's talking about his lips. It's kind of weird, isn't it? But the lips are an intimate part of our body. Wouldn't you agree? Our, our lips have over a million nerve endings in them. Like after the service, if somebody came up to you in the lobby and patted you on the shoulder, that'd be okay, wouldn't it? Hey man, good to see you. Somebody came up and gave you a bro hug. A bro hug is when you lean in, you go one arm, you hit and you release. The release is important with a bro hug. <laughs> but if somebody walked up to you after the service and took their finger and extended them towards your lips, None of you would be like, this is okay. I like this church. No, you're, you're, gonna, sl you're gonna slap them, aren't you? It's okay to admit it. You ain't touching my lips because that's, per that's personal. I, I love how personal Isaiah gets with the Lord. Once again, he's not saying I'm struggling with it. He, he gets to the intimate details of what he's wrestling with. I have filthy lips. It's almost like he pauses and he goes, 
I mean, I live, a, I, I live among a people with filthy lips. I mean, everybody around me is jacked up too, which that's just a reminder of church people. We're all messed up. One of the reasons I love the first-timers area is because inevitably every week somebody will walk in. I'll be like, what brought you here? They said, and I hear this. I heard it last service. This is what I hear. Man, I figured if you could be a preacher of a church and you're that jacked up, I could identify with you, so that's why I come. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. So, so I live among, yeah, I have seen the king, the Lord of, of heaven's armies. Then, then this next scene, I, I don't know if you've ever just read this story, but I paused when I got here. Once again, you're in the temple, filled with smoke, angels flying, saying things you've never heard. You confess to God that you have sinned and watch what happens. Then one of the seraphim, this is the six-winged creature, okay? Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. Are you okay with this? Because I'm not. If I'm in there, I'm like, woe is me, I'm a sinful man. Oh, snap. So you just confessed your sins to God and without a word being said, one of the seraphim takes a pair of tongs, gets a burning coal and starts coming towards you. Isaiah didn't run. You know why Isaiah didn't run? I think he was so terrified that he couldn't move. Have you ever been there? You're like so terrified you can't move. I think he's frozen going, this is it. He's got that burning coal. My, my life is over, but watch what happens. He touched my lips. Okay, that's where we got to talk. Burning coal, touching lips. Anybody ever burnt your lip? Burnt your lip? I'm not going to ask Kyle. Don't worry, I ain't judging. I burnt my lip one time making s'mores, which by the way, I hate making s'mores. It's a stupid idea. It's messy. They never taste right. Okay, just give me the Hershey bar and shut up. I just, but I was making s'mores with a youth group trying to be nice. I had a coat hanger with a marshmallow on it and I'm holding it in the fire and I'm just getting, I know I'm not smart. Listen, I never claim to be smart. So I got this coat hanger with a marshmallow and I stuck it in my mouth and I bit down on it and I heard something sizzle and I went, wow, something sizzling. It was my lip. Have you ever... Like, I had a third lip, but it went this way. <laughs> it was jacked up. I, but the lip is tender. So, so you take the, okay, God, you took a coal, a burning coal from the fire and touched his lips. Why would you do that? It's very simple. What was the first thing that Isaiah confessed was wrong with him? Lips. God met him where he was. God met him where he was. God didn't say, I can't believe you're not any further along in your walk than this right now. God said, oh, that's where you are? Because you got real. We're going to deal with what you brought to me. And he took a coal and he touched his lips. But this next part, don't miss this, because this is, this is unique. He, and said, see, 
This coal has touched your lips. Pause. Why would he have to tell Isaiah that? If somebody touches your lips with a burning coal, do they have to say, see, I touched your lips? No. Why would you have to tell Isaiah? I was looking at this. I was like, God, why would the angel have to tell Isaiah that he touched his lips? Then it hit me. Because Isaiah didn't feel the pain. Isaiah didn't feel the pain of being forgiven. And it's a snapshot of the fact that when we confess our sins, the penalty for our sins is paid for on the cross. Jesus paid for the pain so we don't feel the penalty that our sins ultimately cost God. Jesus took that penalty and took our place so we wouldn't have to feel the pain. So then he says this, now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Now in the church, we've got that last part down. Your sins are forgiven. But the guilt being removed, uh, some of us in this room, we we, we walk in with baggage every week. Shannon and I are going on vacation in a few weeks, and she started packing two days ago. She said, how many bags can I take? Oh, you know, just pack them, baby. We'll figure it out. Wind up just moving the house down there. I'm a minimal. I got a toothbrush. Two pair of shorts, one shirt. You just figure it out, right, man? I know, I know there's some men. They're like, I'm, I'm kind of on Shannon's side, right? But some of us walk in the church and we have, we have baggage. We carry guilt. And we carry the guilt. A lot of times we carry the guilt because the church told us that we should feel guilty. It reminds me of the time I cleaned out my car. There's only been one time I've cleaned out my car. <laughs> I had an appointment. I had a phone appointment at 2 o'clock. This is back in the day when we didn't have cell phones. It was a very important, important appointment. It was going to determine my next step and in in what I was going to do. I cleaned out my car. I walk into my office. My, my hands are loaded down with trash, and the phone rings, and I freak out. And I'm looking at the phone, I'm looking at the trash, I'm looking at the phone, I'm looking at the trash, and then it just hits me. Let go of the trash. If I drop the trash, I can pick up the phone. But I can't take my next step until I drop the trash. Listen, I want you to listen to me. Some of you are going to have to get over that divorce. It sucks. But you can't carry that guilt. Some of you are going to have to get over that addiction. It sucks. You can't carry that guilt. That, that, that guilt that you have from that relationship, that guilt you have from that thing that you've never told anybody else about. See, when you get revelation, when you see God in a way you've never seen him before, and you've heard, you hear him in ways you've never he heard him before, and he began, and you confess what's really going on in your life, he will meet you right there. He will change you. And not only does he remove your sin, he takes away our guilt. Because that may be what we did, but in Christ it's not 
who we are. So, God has a sense of humor. I'm going to prove it to you. Watch this. So after this happens, Isaiah goes in, sees God in a way he's never seen him before, hears him in a way he's never heard him before, confesses his sin, God begins to move, and then God does this. So Isaiah is just, can you, can you agree he's got his world rocked? Watch what happens. Then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? Isn't that kind of funny? God's like, I wonder if there's a guy. Isaiah's the only guy in the temple. I wonder if there's somebody that'll just surrender their life to me. Well, Isaiah just had walked in and seen him as he had never seen him and heard him as he had never heard him confess his sin and didn't die. In fact, he got forgiven and the guilt got removed and, and, and God just basically says, hey, Isaiah, you wanna go to the next level? Isaiah, he, he don't even ask for details. He just says this, here I am, send me. I'll go. This is, this is the only response when we truly experience revelation. Some people are scared to give their life to Christ and are scared to surrender. And I understand, I've been there. It's because we're not seeing him right or we're not hearing him right or we're not, we're, we're, we haven't really confessed what we're wrestling with. To, we've, we haven't received that for forgiveness because once all that happens and, and God says, who will go for me? Isaiah says, now here's the deal. He's already a prophet. He's already a prophet. What else can you do, God? He's already a prophet. He's got a book in the Bible named after him. But the very next chapter, the very next chapter of the book, God leads Isaiah to write something that has impacted everybody's life in this room, either directly or indirectly. At least once a year, we will focus on what's written in this verse where Isaiah writes, all right then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. Isaiah 7 doesn't happen if Isaiah 6 doesn't take place. Today, God, I think, is asking somebody in this room, do you want to go to the next level? Because it's going to happen as we get a clear and accurate picture of who God is. What would happen if we just took a moment as a church and we just focused on Jesus. I'm talking like put your phone down, focus on Jesus. That's big in our culture. And we, we sang words to him. We sang words like hallelujah, which literally means God be praised. And it's not just a word we say. You know, when you say hallelujah, that's a, that's a word that we can say with our lips, but this comes from like here. It just explodes out of us. Hallelujah. What, what if we said stuff like, the, the Lord God Almighty reigns. 
It's like some of us needed that today because listen, if you go out and you pay attention to everything going on in the world, it will drive us crazy. And we'll think that God has lost control, but I'm telling you, I don't care who's in the White House. God is on the throne. He holds the whole world in his hands. It doesn't matter how much gas is. It doesn't matter about God is. What if we just took some time and we focused? What if we took some time and we focused on and we just said, holy, God, you are holy. God, you are holy, which means anything that he wants for our lives can be trusted because it comes from a source that's way greater, greater than anything we could come up with on our own. What if we just said, God, worthy is the lamb. I know it's a churchy phrase. I know it's a churchy phrase, but we're going to sing it in heaven according to the book of Revelation. Jesus, you are worthy of what? You are worthy of all the honor and the glory and the praise because you took away my pain and you took away my sin and you took away my guilt. So Jesus, over these next few moments, as we just pause and reflect on you, God, I pray for every single person in this room who just need revelation. God, we need to hear from you. We need to hear your voice. God, we need to see you in ways we've never seen you before. God, I pray that we would feel the freedom to get real with you, to admit what's really happening in our lives. And God, to be completely surrendered to who you're calling us to be. May this moment be a moment together as a body where we focus on you, in Jesus' name. Right where you stand right now, yeah, I wonder if you'll just bow your head and close your eyes with me and just, just say, Jesus, let me see you in ways I've never seen you before. Jesus, let me hear you in ways I've never heard you before. Maybe just like Isaiah said, I'm a man with unclean lips. Maybe you need to tell Jesus about that unclean part of your life that you want to just surrender to him. Maybe God's been dealing with you about something, taking your next step, and you just need to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Just like Isaiah did, yes, Lord. Father, I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed right now for... God, you just to speak to hearts right now. Especially, God, with guilt. God, I just pray that, God, I feel like there's some people here today that's just been carrying so much guilt. God, that they would understand that you, you died on the cross so we wouldn't have to carry that. Can't do a thing about the past, Jesus. Maybe you're here today with heads bowed and eyes closed and you've never prayed to receive Christ. You know that's your next step. You need to ask Jesus to come in your life. You know that's what you need to do. If that's you here today and you know, you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you need to ask Christ to come in your life, then right where you stand right now, I want you to pray with me. Just pray this in your heart. Just say, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm a sinner. And I need you as my Savior. I, need you as my savior. I believe you died on the cross. You died on the cross. And rose from the grave. 
to pay for my sin. And right now, Jesus, I receive you into my life. You are Lord. You take it all. In Jesus' name, I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you just prayed that prayer, if you just asked Christ to come into your life, you just ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, do me a favor. I want to pray with you and for you. Put your hand in the air real high. Put it up and hold it up. Leave it up. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Hold it up real high, real high all over the room, online. Amen. Amen. Father, I want to thank you for these lifted hands. I want to thank you that you changed lives. I want to thank you, God, that you meet us where we are, but you love us too much to let us stay that way. Father, I pray we would be a church where we see you in ways we've never seen you before. We hear you in ways we've never heard you before, that your revelation causes us to realize that we've been forgiven. Our guilt has been taken away. We can walk in freedom, not because of who we are, but because of who you are, Jesus, what you did for us on the cross. We love you, we celebrate you, and we ask this in your name. Everybody that agreed said amen and amen. Are you glad you came to church today? Don't miss Mother's Day next week. I love you guys. God bless.